This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. One Chicago chef is trying to get you to listen to your vegetables in her new cookbook. Fall is really kicking in, and you might notice some produce like berries and cucumbers that were on sale in the summer. They're much more expensive now. But things like kale and artichokes, they're easier to find cheap in grocery stores. That's what Sarah Gruenberg, co-owner of Monteverde in Chicago's West Loop, is trying to get us to cook with the season. She joins us now with more on that and her new cookbook, Listen to Your Vegetables, Italian-Inspired Recipes for Every Season. Welcome to Reset, Sarah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> well, here's what I want to know right off the bat. Yes. So I've been thinking about this for a minute, um, knowing that I was going to be talking to you. Your favorite vegetable to cook, and then you got to tell me why. My favorite vegetable to cook? Oh, man. Um, you got to pick one. Well, usually, I usually go with tomatoes because I think tomatoes is one of those things that are so bright and it's like they bring just freshness and I'm happy when I eat a tomato because it's summertime. Yeah. Um, I love tomatoes, but I also really love like broccolis and cabbages, the mm-hmm. kind of unsung heroes of the produce area. I love that. The so, unsung yeah. heroes. <laughs> yeah. Cabbage is, is a staple. Like I'm, I'm Jamaican. Uh-huh. And so that's just a staple side, right? Uh, with any, any of your, your meats. So, it's so versatile. Yeah. But it gets overlooked. It doesn't get the love that it deserves. It doesn't. Yeah. Shout out to change. cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your least favorite to cook and why? Oh, least favorite. Oh, man. I guess maybe, I mean, not really, but the most work is artichokes. So fresh mm-hmm. artichokes to clean them. You know, it's just you have to kind of be ready for them. And sometimes you'll get an artichoke that the leaves might be a little too soft. Like it's really about finding the great artichoke. So when mm-hmm. they're in season and great so much easier than trying to cook with them yeah if they're a little older or or not in season that's a good point for me i think it's just i don't know maybe i just want to take the lazy route but for me it's spinach Mm. i love it but the shrinkage gets on my nerves so i'm like how much do i need to put in here so this is like a real thing so i'm like anti-baby spinach oh okay because like you'll buy that whole five pound container and cook it and have like one cup yeah so what happened to the adult spinach? That's what <laughs> exactly. I want to know. The adult spinach out there. So in Chicago, um, winter spinach is grown. Usually it's the first green we get. So like April to June. And trust me, if you can get some good winter spinach, you'll be really happy. Well, I think we're hitting the nail on the head here, but I want to hear from you. Why write this book and why write it now? You know, I guess I had a secret that I... In my head, I always hear these veggies kind of scream out at me when I'm at the store or in the kitchen or working on a new dish at the restaurant. And, you know, when it comes time to write a book, we have a lot of ideas. And so at first I want to do a restaurant book, you know, about Monteverde. And then, you know, I had people in my life that was kind of helping me, my agent and my co-author and really working to figure out how to, how to make this book happen. And I realized that how I cook at home is by opening up the produce, like the drawer, like I open up the fridge and look in the drawer mm-hmm. and what I have in the produce drawer is how I know what direction I'm going to cook. So it you, always starts with a vegetable for I me. I mean, is that not the way to do it? I, that's how I do it too. Well, good. It's well, just like, celebrate. What, do I, what do I have? Okay. What do I have? Because well, you always have like a pasta or rice or chicken breast or something in the freezer or your pantry that you can tie. But growing up in Texas... Meat was the first thing that people thought about oh, when they were going to cook something. Yeah. So this book to me is just celebrating veggies and like what they like all of their glory and what they want us to know about them. So as my team and I have been diving into your book, okay. we're, we're low-key obsessed. Thank you. We love that you start <laughs> with this love letter to bees. Yes. 
What's that about? Why include Oh, my it? God. Oh, the bees. Well, they're so important. And they we need like a lot more, you know, interaction in this country with bees and, and saving the bees and, and growing uh, the right plants that they can, uh, the pollinator plants. Um, so I really just want to start with like, if we didn't have bees, we wouldn't have vegetables or fruits, like mm-hmm. number one. And I have this friend in Italy. He, um, was a beekeeper and he just changed my, he changed how I saw bees and how I saw that whole interaction with the earth and bees, their, their role is to keep the flowers going and they are so crucial to our whole system. And so he unfortunately passed away two years ago. And so to me, this love letter was for him, but also him as the beekeeper and the bees. That's lovely. You know, in the book, you've got a, a set of pages that say, please don't skip these pages. What's on them? Well, because everyone skips those pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's all the little tips and tricks of different ingredients. And what are you going to buy? And like if you f- see something in the recipes that, oh, ricotta, for example. You know, I bought a lot of ricotta cheeses all over and the quality varies dramatically. And so I wanted to try to, you know, give some tips and tricks of that, that crucial step of cooking is sourcing ingredients Mm -hmm. and chefs. We spend a lot of time on it, but I don't think that home cooks put as much time. So that's what that chapter is about is sourcing and, and how to work with some things. And then also salting and like different oils, just like a little, it's a little, you know, quick pantry Bible, if you will. Yeah, no, that's so necessary. But I got to get back to the ricotta that you okay. just yes. you just brought up. Because I love that you included that homemade ricotta. Like we use that for so many different Italian recipes. Mm-hmm. Is it as easy to make? It is. It, it is. But, you know, you have to find the milk that's not ultra pasteurized. Okay. And that's the part that's tough. So when I've tried to when testing the recipes, an ultra pasteurized milk because they've done something to it to totally treat it. It doesn't it's like the bond of the milk solids and the protein solids mm-hmm. are so much stronger. So you need just a regular pasteurized milk. <laughs> and okay. um, but other than know. that, it's really easy. I mean, it's literally just heating up milk and cream, adding lemon juice, letting it sit on the stove and it separates. I will never buy another package again. <laughs> well, if you do, there's a few brands I recommend, but you know, whole milk is really the key because a filling like a pasta filling is great if the quality of the ingredients in the filling are creamy and delicious. And so that's the key there. Oh, well, for the fun of it, which brands do you recommend? Uh, well, I really, you know, as easy ones to find, Belgioso makes a great whole milk ricotta and so does Frigo and both are made in Wisconsin. And so uh, we can find them here pretty easily. Nice. But any, whole milk is the key. And any non-dairy options for Ooh, ricotta? That's the next book probably. I, <laughs> okay. I haven't delved 100% into that, but I know there is some really good options. And I've honestly used some like tofu and like like really? silken tofu in a few fillings. They, it doesn't eat as creamy because it'll set up a little bit more, but still delicious. So going back to to the organization of this book, I love okay. that you've you've sort of you set it up by vegetable, right? So you start with uh, recipes for artichokes, then you get to asparagus. It'll make it so easy, I think, when I have veggies that I need to cook that I don't know how at this moment. Right? I, I think. The organization just makes that simple. Thank you. Was that your goal? It was. Well, my goal was to make the chapters easily to to thumb through. And also my brain worked as I wanted to really have 
like a snack, a salad, maybe a soup, mm-hmm. an entree type of dish. And then I wanted to include pastas in every veggie. So a dry pasta. I got very excited when I saw that And a fresh section. pasta. So and that's really why I did that is I also wanted to be able to talk about maybe even just simple things you don't need a recipe for, like just throwing them on the sheet tray and roasting them in the oven. You know, I really wanted to think about cooks from all different ranges of comfortability. Yeah. And how do you start to become more confident? Because I didn't, I wasn't born a chef, you know, I've worked a lot. And so <laughs> it takes time. I want to tell people to not give up. <laughs> well, well, tell me more about your inspirations for, for this book. Where did it come from? Oh man. Well, I think it came from my love of cooking and dating back to like growing up with my family and my grandparents had a garden, which I just didn't really understand until I was older and, and becoming a chef that, wow, you know, the quality of those ingredients are so different than when you're at the store. And if you can find a few local farms around you, they grow different styles of said vegetable, like broccoli, for example. There's so many different kinds of broccolis. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, when I trained in Italy also, I was mesmerized how their culture goes to the market almost daily or every other day to find what they're going to cook. And so I think they That's true. automatically are listening to their vegetables. And so it all just kind of sneakfully became and made sense to me. Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we're talking with Sarah Gruenberg, co-owner of the restaurant Monteverde in Chicago's West Loop. We're talking about her new vegetable cookbook called Listen to Your Vegetables. Let's go back to Houston, okay. right? which is where you you uh, born and raised. Yes. You uh, you ended up at Brennan's. That's a Creole restaurant there. Yes. What was that like? Well, Brennan's is going to be 55 this year. Wow. I know. Open in 1967 and an institution. Uh, it was a high-end restaurant in Houston, and and really the chefs there were all about. We would actually drive to the farms and go and pick up things for specials, and that really made it meant a lot to me as a young cook and understanding. Um, there was a kitchen table in the kitchen, at, or at the restaurant, there was like an eight-top table that you could book tickets for and sit down, and the chefs would have to make a dish, mm-hmm. and they even let the line cooks like. I was like brand new, make a course for this menu. And it was a little daunting. It was like, oh my God, how am I going to create something? And my chef mentor at the time, Chris Shepard, who's an incredible person, he was like, well, let's go in the cooler and see what talks to us. (laughs) (laughs) And so that always stuck with me. And so, you know, I talk about it in the book, but I I ended up grabbing beets, which beets weren't even like a big deal yet. Mm -hmm. And this was like in the early 2000s. I think the beet salad really hit like late 2000s. Um, but I grabbed beets and kind of roasted them and the color, the jewel tones, when you see that vibrancy on a plate, it just automatically makes you more excited for yeah. what you're going to taste. And so um, that helped me as a young cook start to get a little more confident in what I was doing and and just not being scared to grab something that you normally don't cook. Mm-hmm. That passion, though, that you have for cooking Italian food, a lot of that came once you arrived here yes, in Chicago. Chicago. You worked at Cafe Spiaggia. I did, yes. It and closed last year. Yes, the restaurant closed. They were open for 37 years, though. Yeah. And so many incredible chefs have come through that restaurant. Tony Montuano uh, was a great mentor and taught me everything I know about Italian cuisine. And um, when I got promoted to Chef de Cucina, uh, he surprised me by saying, do you have a passport? That's how he gave me the promotion. And so 
I automatically, <laughs> I, I automatically started crying and I was like, Oh my God, are you sending me to Italy? So I went to Italy for two weeks and that, that's when I was like, totally in on Italian food. So you've got this book that's, you know, heavily, of course, focused on fruits and vegetables, but you've got the pasta chapter, as you mentioned I before. Do, yeah. Why'd you make sure that you included that? Well, the, I, I love pasta. I, I could eat pasta or noodles every day too. and be so happy. Me too. Um, One of the first things I learned how to cook like properly. Me too. It's like, if it wasn't Jamaican food, it was Italian and, <laughs> and it kind of yeah. stuck with me until I became an adult and had my own kids. And I was like, all right, oh, let me branch this out a little bit. <laughs> and it's a great way to get your kids to eat oh, yeah. little things, mix them into a little pasta. Um, so but now they're sick of spaghetti. Oh no. Well, maybe you can get some new shapes. <laughs> I overdid it when they were toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> they might come back to it though. Um, I love spaghetti. It's yeah. one of my favorite uh, I mean, shapes. It's, it's amazing. But yeah, so pasta is in there and it's, it's, it's really cool. So Monteverde is known for pasta and making fresh pasta. And so I, I wanted to have this ability to kind of teach a few shapes. And the reality is, is pasta is just a great blank canvas for insert vegetable. So you, you make the argument in the book, Sarah, that we often see pastas and meat as the main course, right? And vegetables as the side dish. How do you make vegetables shine? Well, you listen to them. <laughs> so everyone is like, well, then they're not talking to me, Sarah. So how do I start hearing them? Um, how do you make them shine? I think you, you put the same amount of care into them as you would maybe like a protein. Like everyone like marinates or injects or does something to like a meat or mm-hmm. shrimp or make a butter for a fish or something. But mm-hmm. like veggies sometimes just get the like sheet, like the, you know, roast in the oven or the, you know, boil treatment. So I think it's about just attacking the vegetable or approaching, I should say, not attacking, approaching the vegetable in its unique way and then showcasing it how it wants. Yeah. Well, of all that's in this book, I wonder what you hope folks take away the most. I think to to branch out when they go to the grocery store and grab a vegetable that they might not ever cook. Um, the concept of the book really kind of happened naturally, but also when the pandemic hit, I remember going to the grocery store and this was before we were testing everything and I was writing the book, but everything was wiped out of the produce section except the turnips, the rutabaga, those poor rutabagas. Turnips. I haven't had that in forever. Yeah, so turnips, rutabagas, beets, those, all those veggies were like sitting there like, and no one wanted me. <laughs> <laughs> take me so, home. Yeah, take me. So I think that, um, you know, that's what I want people to do is use the vegetable as a muse. Um, think about maybe adding a few more meatless options. But, you know, there are meat and seafood recipes in the book. So it's just about highlighting said thing with with a vegetable or a fruit. Well, I'll tell you, your book is even enough to get a kid excited about vegetables. Thank you. So great job. Thank you. Sarah Gruenberg is a co-owner of Monteverde. You can find her new cookbook, Listen to Your Vegetables, Italian-inspired recipes for every season in stores and online right now. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Thank you.